0: I'm Chan Storland, and this is the Spurs Insider, our weekly NBA podcast from ExpressNews.com. And I'm joined now by San Antonio Express News sports writer Jeff McDonald. Great, as always, to have you here, Jeff. Uh, special episode today. Manu Ginobili obviously just had that jersey retirement ceremony. Let's get right to it. How did it go down? What stood out from that celebration? Obviously, um, up in the rafters, there are some other recent jerseys that have been uh, put up there. And of course um there was a face there last night who will have a jersey up there soon
1: yeah it was just a wonderful night i mean i'm still a little um uh bleary eyed from it this morning cuz it was just a um uh it was an emotional night a very good crowd lots of good energy there which you would expect you're talking about uh Mato Ginobili, who is one of the uh, not one of the he's probably the most beloved spurs player of all time um you know, even up there with Tim Duncan and David Robinson and guys that are, um, you know, on, on the Mount Rushmore of of the NBA. Um, Ginobili just connected with this fan base in a way that uh, probably no other player does. And a lot of it was just the way he played, just kind of, uh, you know, like with his hair on fire, um, never say die, take no prisoners, never take a playoff. Uh, part of it was his... Um, uh, Hispanic heritage, you know, he could he could talk to uh, the fans in this city in San Antonio. A lot of them in their own language, which is something they've never had before. And and you know, it was just the success that that came with him, him and and Duncan and and Tony Parker together. Um, you know, giving turning the Spurs into something uh, in in our quote unquote little town. I mean, I know there's a million people here, but by NBA standards, we were a small market. Um, it gave us it, it made. The Spurs, the little old San Antonio Spurs, kind of the gold standard of the NBA for such a long time. And and all that uh love and appreciation was kind of full bore last night from from the fans and then from um you know the various speakers at the ceremony, Tim, Tony, Manu, uh Fabricio Alberto, who played with uh Manu in Argentina and with the Spurs, and of course Greg Popovich. And I think what fans like the most about the that um Kind of setup, that kind of ceremony is sort of the uh, behind the scenes stuff that the, the, the little anecdotes that the, the players share about each other and about, um, you know, the, the man of honor. It's kind of like part roast, part celebration. And last night was also kind of part big three reunion because the first time, uh, Duncan, genova and Manu, uh, and uh, Parker had really been together in a while in the same bil- building. You know, Tony's out there in Charlotte playing, Manu's been to a couple of games, Tim is kind of not around as much as far as the games are concerned. And there was a moment like in the second half of the, the actual basketball game that was played last night, Spurs against Cleveland, where on the big screen they showed, you know, kind of the general manager's box, which is kind of in in the stands. Um, and there was Tim, Tony, and Manu sitting side by side um, watching the game together. And I think that was sort of a poignant moment even before um, the actual ceremony began. And uh Manu became the ninth player in Spurs history to have his jersey retire. And I think I don't think it will surprise anybody to learn. I mean, this hasn't been announced, but it's just going to happen. Uh, the tenth player will be Tony Parker, and that will be another night uh, like um, we had last night. And it'll be kind of an interesting sort of dynamic when you can look up at the AT&T Center Rafters and see the whole collected set there, 21 for Duncan, 20. Armando Ginobili and number nine for Tony Parker. I think that might be when the finality of the era finally hits home when you see all three of those up there. But as far as last night was concerned, I mean, it was a a great celebration of um, a player that means so much to the city and so much to this fan base. And it was well-deserved and uh, just a great night.
0: Yeah, speaking of uh, who's up next, Tony Parker cannot escape his Spurs roots. I mean, he he even flew back on the team plane, correct?
1: That is correct because it just so happened that the Spurs won Charlotte um, right before they came home for this for the ceremony, and uh, yeah, Tony hitched a ride on the team plane, and that was that was just kind of a fun little thing. Uh, I think Pop joked, you know, we just put him in the back; he doesn't get his seat back up front. Um, we just put him in the back of the plane. But yeah, Tony came in. And, uh, I thought this at the Tim Duncan retirement ceremony a couple of years ago. Tony's really good at that, uh, the speaking part of that. He's probably, to me, the best performer of the guys that speak. He's real polished and has uh, kind of a, uh, a rap that he wants to, not a rap like a song, but like a, you know what he wants to say down. He's got the stories down he wants to tell. He's got the punchlines down that he wants to tell. He talked last night about how early in their career all of Argentina wanted to uh, wanted to kill him because I thought he wouldn't pass the ball to Ginobili, and he he kind of wanted to set the record straight, straight and blame pop for that because pop's the one that calls the plays um was just he's he's a, he's uh, he's like the uh Jeffrey Ross of uh Spurs retirement ceremonies he's like the the roast master general of those things he's really good at it
0: Wow, that's high praise. We'll have to get that word to Jeffrey Ross. Let him know he's been compared to Tony Parker. So, uh, yeah, it was a a victory last night. Um, nice ending there. Obviously, that's important for a Manu Ginobili retirement ceremony. But, of course, looking forward to the playoffs, uh, a win is a win. So the Spurs, they can clinch a berth with one more victory or one more sacramental loss. So basically, postseason is almost assured that uh, that streak is almost assured to continue. Uh, What's the best draw for the Spurs, do you think, in the first round? And how do they go about lining that up?
1: Um, Yeah, it's going to be a... We're kind of looking at the Spurs are going to obviously be at the bottom of the playoff bracket. They're not going to have home court advantage in the first round. Um, You look at the teams that they could possibly match up with. I mean, it kind of looks like the Spurs are going to fall in that seven or eight hole. They could get up to sixth, maybe fifth, but for for the sake of argument, if we're talking seven or eight. Um, if if I you know I think if you're a Spurs fan and you want to see the deepest playoff run possible, um, you would hope they could somehow line up a matchup with Denver, who right now is in second. Um, I think Golden State, who the Spurs, who's knocked the Spurs out of the playoffs for for two straight seasons already. I mean, I think that's just sort of a um, death wish, kind of a suicide mission if they end up. Uh, with Golden State, the, the trouble is going to be you don't know who's going to end up number one or number two. Like Golden State and uh, Denver are sort of flip-flopping that spot around. And um, so it's it's hard to sort of say, okay, we need to make a big push for seventh so we can finish second uh, – so we can play Denver, who's going to finish second, because you could do all that and then Golden State finishes second. Or, or vice versa, hey, if we stay in eighth, um, you know, maybe we can match up with Denver and then Denver finishes Second instead of first, and you end up with Golden State again. So I guess it's really not going to make a whole lot of sense to sort of try to organize that. I think you just have to play the games. It is going to be interesting because the Spurs do have one head-to-head matchup with Denver left on the schedule. It's the only game they have left against a team that's over 500. It's also on the second night of a back-to-back. They play Atlanta here the night before, have to fly to Denver. I think Denver's coming in from uh, the West Coast will also be on a back-to-back, but you know in that game you might have a chance to um you know decide whether it makes sense for Denver to to win a game or lose a game if that helps you or hurts you you know it'll you can rest some guys you cannot rest some guys that sort of thing but overall i think if you could just if you got to pick your opponent out of the possible um uh you know the possibilities i think Denver's who you want and even that said i like Denver a lot i think they're a very good team i just think they're they're the best of a uh, bad set of options for a Spurs team that's going to be coming off the bottom part of the, of the playoff bracket, but they are going to make the playoffs for the twenty second twenty second straight season. Like I, uh, you know, I think that's pretty much assured, as you mentioned. Um, they they uh, actually have Sacramento coming in here on Sunday, so if Sacramento doesn't lose, if Sacramento loses Saturday in Houston, the Spurs are in. Sacramento somehow upsets Houston. The Spurs will have a chance to sort of take care of business on their own on um, Sunday, Sunday evening. So they're going to they're gonna make it. It's just a matter of uh, how far can they go once they get there. And I think Denver gives them the best option, although clearly nothing is assured when you're coming from the 7 or 8 hole.
0: So as you mentioned, um, there won't be any home advantage that first round of the postseason. Uh, and the Spurs have consistently played poor on the road, uh, especially on defense. What's that going to look like once the playoffs start? I assume that might be when you look back, if the Spurs bow out in the first round, they're like, well, there it was. That was why.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's, they never have really figured out this thing on the road and I don't know, um, I, mean, I can tell you the coaches are as perplexed about it as anybody else because it's just a different team that shows up when you get off that plane. It, I mean, just just it's not the same uh, consistently. It's not the same fiber, same same guts that that you see when the team plays at home. I mean, if you look at and, and defensively is where that shows up the most. Um, you know, if you if you look at just their home, how they play defense at home. Um, they're giving up about 104 points, no, 106 points for 100 possessions. That's sort of how you measure defense, defensive rating. Um, if they could do that over the course of all the games and be in that area, they'd have 5th a, a best defense in the NBA. Um, but they do not because their road defense is just so shoddy. I think they're like 26th in the league in, in road defense. And that's really a problem uh, when you're looking at a playoff run where you're probably not going to have home court advantage in any round. And you know, you know. So in order to advance, it's necessary. I mean, you can't advance without winning at least one road game in each series, and that's hard to do when you can't defend on the road. And I don't. At this point, I don't know what you do to clean that up. I don't know how, what you do to improve. And and so yeah, I think you're right. When the Spurs finally do get bounced, whatever round that is, first, second, third, whatever, it's going to be because they just they just can't seem to find a way um, to defend on the road. And Uh, it seems like a bummer of a note to leave it on, you know, they can't defend on the road and there's no hope. So they're going to lose in the playoffs, but that's kind of, that's kind of where we are right now. They haven't shown it yet. And it seems at this point of the season, it's hard to think that they will like, you've either got it at this point or you don't.
0: Well, you heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen, Jeff McDonald's calling it no NBA championships for the Spurs this (laughs) season. Uh, I like how you put it when they get, Bounced out of the playoffs, or however you phrase that, that was basically the meaning there. Um, And I can see why why you would say that. Looking at this season, you know, it's great that they can continue. Most likely, you know, ninety nine percent likely that they're going to continue with that postseason streak. And you know, there's been ups and downs this season, and obviously, it all kind of stems from what happened last season and the player who shall not be named right now. But but it's interesting because all that being the case, this season you still have this: Demar Derozan, LaMarcus Aldridge. They're on pace to become the first set of Spurs to average at least 20 points in the same season since 1997-98 with David Robinson and Tim Duncan. Um, So that begs the question, is this concentration of scoring at the top? Is this a good thing, a bad thing, or is it just a thing? Is it not good or bad?
1: Yeah, I think it's just a thing maybe. I mean, it's just sort of how they're built and how this team is constructed. And it's, you know, I, I think it's a, it's a, flawed team in a lot of ways that was kind of put together uh not on the fly, but this is not the this was not the five year plan was to have this team. It was to have the player you didn't name earlier, Kawhi Leonard, um, running the show. So in a lot of ways, it's sort of an accomplishment that this team is even uh, you know, in position to make that playoff streak continue. And um, you know, for a while there still had a decent chance at 50 wins which would have been phenomenal I mean if they get to 48 or 49 um, with the hand they were dealt um, that's still a good year and a lot of it has to do with what they've been able to do offensively and a lot of what they've had to been able to do offensively has been due to LaMarcus Aldridge and DeMar DeRozan uh, sort of figuring out how to coexist with each other because they're, they're, they're two different sort of players they're two players that need the ball in their hands um, you know Derozan has done a good job of turning himself into also a facilitator. So on top of his uh, 21 plus points per game, he's also giving you about six assists a game, which is a career high um, in that category. And but but yeah, the Spurs have usually been more egalitarian than this in in the scoring department. I mean, the year they won the final, last year they won the finals in 2014. Their leading scorer was Tony Parker at 16 points a game, which was like I, it was like the lowest scoring, leading scorer on a championship team since, like, the 50s or something. Like, we're so – everything was so uh, spread out for them. This team really is – is it's LaMarcus and Demar, and if you can get a third guy in there to, to kind of have a really good night, then you have a chance um, to win the game. But, yeah, we haven't seen two players score like this for the Spurs in a long, long time. That was Tim Duncan's rookie year that that happened. Um, and then for most of Duncan's career, it was either – him scoring twenty points a game, or it was been for a while. Maybe one season in there it was Ginobili with twenty points a game. Then a little while later, it was uh, Tony Parker with twenty points a game. But never, never together. Um, and then really, since Kawhi Leonard came, it was really kind of kind of a one, uh, you know, one leading score, uh, like a like a one head of the snake kind of thing for the Spurs offense offensively. And um, this year, you've kind of got a two headed snake, so so to speak, and uh theoretically, when it's all working well, you know, it's, it should make this person a difficult guard because you've got two all-star caliber scorers coming at you. Uh, and when one guy's off, the other guy can pick up. Like last night against Cleveland, like LaMarcus finally got together a little bit, but but was kind of struggling. But then DeRozan was the guy that picked them up, um, you know, in the third quarter when they were down by 11 points. and looked like Madhu Knight was going to be completely ruined by a loss to uh, a pretty dreadful Cleveland team. DeRozan's the guy that picked them up. Um, there have been other games where it's been the other way around where DeRozan can't hit the broad side of the barn and Aldridge is the guy picking it him. I mean, we're, we're not even a week removed from him scoring 48 points in Boston, uh, LaMarcus. Um, but when they're both when they're both firing on all cylinders, it is sort of a sight to behold. And it's fun. And it'll also be fun. Like, I don't think either one of these players cares about it, but which one ends up being the team, you know, being the team's. Scoring leader at the end of the season, because it's right neck and neck. I think Demar's led it from the beginning, but I think they're within like 0.2 or 0.4 points of each other. Um, not a lot of games left to make up that difference, but it's a fun little side battle to watch between two really, really good NBA scorers, um, you know, kind of put up those numbers on a nightly basis.
0: All right, Jeff, wrapping things up. Final thoughts. What's important to uh pay attention to in the next uh, few days, coming weeks?
1: I mean, you want to you just want to see some sharpness from these last stretch of games going into the playoffs. You want to you want to see some consistency. You know, you really you really thought in Boston uh, uh last Sunday, they played one of their best road games of the season, you know, and maybe that's a corner they turned. Um then they lost the next game in Charlotte to a team, Charlotte team that's maybe gonna make the playoffs but isn't all that good um so you want to see just some sharpness on both ends of the floor you want to see mistakes getting cleaned up uh and you want to see cons- some consistency game in game game out um as as you build towards the playoffs because those are coming right around the corner i mean it's going to be april uh pretty 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 soon in a couple of days and that's playoff time
0: And thank you to San Antonio Express News sports writer Jeff McDonald for joining me for today's episode of the Spurs Insider, our weekly NBA podcast from ExpressNews.com. For the San Antonio Express News, I'm Chance Dorland.